48K News. Good afternoon, it's one o'clock, I'm Todd Harding. The headlines. Chief Executive Carrie Lam dismisses criticism over changes to welfare payments. South Korean President Moon Jae-in says North Korea needs to take more audacious measures towards denuclearization to ensure the lifting of sanctions. And President Trump storms out of a meeting with congressional leaders after top Democrats told him they wouldn't agree to fund his border wall. The chief executive Carrie Lam has deflected criticism over next month's move to increase the eligible age for welfare payments from 60 to 65, saying it was lawmakers themselves who approved the changes. Speaking at a question and answer session in Legco, Mrs Lam said she couldn't stop the increase from going ahead. Damon Pang has the story. Responding to questions from both sides of the political divide over whether the plan would be scrapped, Carrie Lam said she was shocked at the outpouring of criticism as it was lawmakers who approved the plan as part of the budget last year. She said it was an undeniable fact that more older people were hitting the job market and the government was trying hard to help them get jobs. The Hong Kong leader stressed that the change in elderly CSSA age eligibility doesn't mean poor people can't apply for social welfare. She said they can still seek help under the able-bodied non-elderly adults category. The chief executive was greeted by protests from pro-democracy lawmakers when she arrived for the Q&A. They shouted slogans saying the authorities should stop bullying the poor and being afraid of the rich. Labour Party lawmaker Fernando Jiang has dismissed Mrs Lam's comments as irresponsible. He stressed that lawmakers had no power to stop the government from cutting spending. Carrie Lam's response is very sneaky. She seems to shirk her responsibility in cutting back CSSA for the elderly and passing that responsibility to the legislator here. It is not even within our power when we deliberate on the budget that we can revert the administration's decision. The worst situation is those who are aged between 60 and 65. They will find themselves having to receive less support, about $1,000 per month. On other matters, Carrie Lam says if she ever got involved in prosecution decisions, it would indeed be the death of the rule of law. She was talking about the Justice Secretary's decision not to prosecute former leader C.Y. Leung over his acceptance of 50 million Hong Kong dollars from UGL. Mrs Lam admitted for the first time that she's spoken to Theresa Cheng about the case, but only from a public relations perspective. Responding to Democrat James Toe, Mrs Lam said she only told her minister that the government has to face the public even after making decisions based on professional judgment. She said her advice was not a form of intervention. But Democrat Lam Chuk-Ting doesn't think it would be interference on the chief executive's part if she were to ask the Justice Secretary to review her decision not to seek external legal advice on the UGL case. If the Secretary haven't done her job and follow the guideline of the departments, then the chief executive could ask the reason for not to uh, follow the guideline. If the secretary for justice could not provide any reasonable explanation, if the secretary for justice have made a wrong decision and violated the guideline of the DOJ, then anyone, including the chief executive, could ask her to review her wrong decision. 
An independent expert hired by the MTR Corporation says the rail giant and the main contractor of its Honghan station, Leighton Asia, properly supervised the installation of steel reinforcement bars. He was testifying at an inquiry looking into claims that steel bars were cut too short and not properly screwed in. Tom McAlinden reports. While expert witness Steve Hugey gave a positive review over inspection of the project, he said there was room for improvement in record-keeping and communications. In his testimony, he noted differences between construction plans and the actual implementation, but said this wasn't uncommon in a project of this size. Among his recommendations, he said a supervision manual should be devised for specific types of works, clearly stating who's responsible for supervision, as well as the different stages and inspections. Mr Hugey also said defects that could be immediately fixed should be sprayed painted and recorded in a memo. If similar defects were spotted again, non-conformance reports should be issued to the subcontractor. He also recommended digital platforms be used more widely for timely communications, such as sending pictures of defects to everyone on site. Parts of the station platform are being ripped up to examine any substandard work. So far, testing has shown more than 40% of steel bars aren't properly connected. President Xi Jinping has given his backing to North Korean leader Kim Jong-un's commitment to setting up a second summit with President Trump to achieve results on the nuclear standoff. South Korea's President Moon Jae-in, meanwhile, says North Korea needs to take more bold, practical measures for denuclearization to ensure sanctions are lifted. The North Korean news agency says that at a summit in Beijing, Kim Jong-un expressed concern about the impasse in denuclearization talks and improving ties with the United States. In statements carried on mainland media, Mr Xi said he hoped the Americans and North Koreans would find common ground, meeting each other halfway. It's thought a second summit between Mr Trump and Mr Kim will take place soon. President Trump has walked out of a meeting with congressional leaders after top Democrats told him they wouldn't fund his border wall. It was the latest attempt to end a government shutdown. On Twitter, Mr Trump described the meeting as a waste of time. He said when the House Speaker Nancy Pelosi told him there would be no money for a wall, he said bye-bye, nothing else works. Nancy Pelosi spoke to reporters outside the White House. What the president is claiming to be the situation at the border is not solved by a wall. So I said to him, Mr. President, the evidence of what's happening there does not support the crisis that you describe and therefore the solution you suggest because we have a better idea of how to keep our country safe and it isn't a wall. The Democratic leader in the Senate, Chuck Schumer, said Mr. Trump had had a temper tantrum. Well, unfortunately, the president just got up and walked out. Uh, He asked uh, Speaker Pelosi, will you agree to my wall? She said no. And he just got up and said, then we have nothing to discuss, and he just walked out. Again, we saw a temper tantrum because he couldn't get his way, and he just walked out of the meeting. A group of women has staged a topless protest outside the Saudi consulate in Sydney in support of a teenage refugee who fears she'll be killed if she's returned to her family. Rahaf Mohammed Al-Kunun has renounced Islam, a crime punishable by death in her home country. The protesters from the Secret Sisterhood group are calling on the Australian government to grant asylum to the 18-year-old who's currently in Thailand. The United Nations say she's a genuine refugee. Protester Jackie Love says the government must act. Recognise her flight and recognise what she's gone through and she can be an icon for the rest of the world to show that women shouldn't be oppressed and they should be fleeing from countries they are oppressed in. Phil Robertson from Human Rights Watch in Bangkok has been supporting her. She will be leaving here very quickly. The key thing is that 
Today, she is a refugee and she deserves protection. She's under the protection of the UN and she will be leaving this country soon to go to a third country where she will actually be really and truly safe and we can say that this has been a victory. A man has appeared in court in Melbourne charged with sending dozens of suspicious packages to consulates and embassies in a number of Australian cities. 49-year-old Savas Avan was arrested at his home in the state of Victoria. He was remanded in custody and is due back in court in March. The BBC's Howell Griffith is in Sydney. The police believe the man sent out a total of 38 packages to diplomatic offices in Sydney, Canberra and Melbourne. It's known that some contained a grey substance labelled with the word asbestos. So far, 29 parcels have been recovered and have been taken for forensic testing. Officers say they believe the material came from the man's home in Shepparton, Victoria. If found guilty, he could face up to 10 years in jail. An unseasonal quantity of snow in much of central and eastern Europe has killed at least 14 people. In many parts of Austria, the risk of avalanches is now at the highest level, as the BBC's Bethany Bell reports. The latest victim of a snowslide was a 16-year-old boy who was skiing in St Anton am Alberg with his family when he was buried in the snow. Many ski resorts have had to be closed because of the heavy falls of snow, including Hochkar in the Ibstaler Alps. A number of roads have also been blocked by falling trees. The authorities are struggling to keep the roads clear, but the snow keeps on falling. Scientists have detected mysterious energy bursts from far across the universe for only the second time in more than 20 years. The discovery by a Canadian-led team happened over three weeks last summer. Here's the BBC's Palab Ghosh. Researchers have no clear explanation for how they're formed. But theories range from the far-fetched, that their pulses powering alien starships, to the relatively prosaic, that they are a result of the collision of two dying stars. What's especially exciting about fast radio bursts is that they interact with every electron and every magnetic field they encounter on their intergalactic journey. This means that embedded within these bursts is a record of their voyage across deep space. To business news, the Commerce Ministry in Beijing has described this week's trade talks with the United States as extensive, deep and detailed. It said the two sides had established a foundation for the resolution of each other's concerns and they'd agreed to maintain close contact. Earlier, the office of the U.S. Trade Representative said China had promised to purchase a substantial amount of agricultural, energy and manufactured goods and services from the United States. Consumer inflation on the mainland has eased, adding to concerns over a slowdown in the country's economy. The cost of living rose 1.9% in December from a year ago, down from 2.2% in November and below market expectations. The moderation was mainly due to slower gains in non-food prices, which rose 1.7% compared with 2.1% growth in the previous month. Gains in food prices were steady at 2.5%, the same as in November. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 26,570. That's 102 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $54 billion. To currencies, the US dollar is trading at 107.90 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 15 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 2 cents. And now with the sports news, here's Atom Cheung. Manchester City are all but through to the English League Cup final. They completely outclassed the third-tier side Burton Albion, winning their semi-final first leg 9-0 at the Etihad. 
It was the first time in more than two decades that City have scored more than eight goals in a single match. Gabriel Jesus scored four times in the game. The Brazilian forward has been putting up with limited playing time this season due to the great form of Sergio Aguero. The former Manchester City forward Dion Dublin says last night's performance is a reminder of what a talent he is. When that ball leaves your head, leaves your foot, leaves any part of your body, and it goes in the back of the net, that's the feeling that you work so hard for in training. That's your life, putting the ball in the back of the net. He scored four tonight. That will give him so much confidence, and it will put pressure on Aguero to keep playing as well as he does week in, week out. The second round of group matches at the Asian Cup starts tonight with Bahrain up against Thailand. Bahrain will look to improve upon their opening draw against the host UAE last week. Here's their coach Miroslav Sukup. If we want to qualify, we cannot play only the draw, but we must some game to win. And uh, I hope that we will follow uh, our performance from the second half against the UEA and then we do the, all the best for winning uh, the next game against the Thailand. In the same group, India, who topped the table, faced UAE. Jordan take on Syria in Group B. Jordan claimed an impressive win over defending champions Australia in their opening match. Coach Vito Borkomans likes the team spirit shown by his side. My players are very good in the head on this moment. Uh, they know it's a very special game. Also, the game uh, that we make against Australia is very important. Uh, was good, but this uh, now uh, finished. Today we're working, and yesterday about the game of Syrian. To the NBA, where the two front runners for MVP went head to head when the Milwaukee Bucks paid a visit to the Houston Rockets. Yanis Antetokounmpo dominated the glass in Milwaukee's 116-109 victory. The Greek freak grabbed a season-high 21 rebounds to go with his 27 points. The Bucks overcame a 42-point performance from James Harden, who missed four straight three-point attempts to end the game. The win put Milwaukee back to the top of the NBA. The Boston Celtics blasted the Indiana Pacers 135-108 for their fourth straight win. It was the Celtics' highest-scoring game this season. Marcus Morris and Jalen Brown led the way with 22 points each. Their star Kyrie Irving had 12 points in 24 minutes before resting the entire fourth quarter. And that's your look at sports. Thanks, Atom. And to end the news, the top stories once again. Chief Executive Carrie Lam dismisses criticism over changes to welfare payments. South Korean President Moon Jae-in says North Korea needs to take more audacious measures towards denuclearization to ensure the lifting of sanctions. And President Trump storms out of a meeting with congressional leaders after top Democrats told him they wouldn't agree to fund his border wall. The news from RTHK. Yeah, yeah.